I'm going to go ahead and preface this episode with the trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about some pretty heavy subjects um, that may be triggering to anybody listening. I'm going to be speaking on death, mental health, and grieving. If that triggers you in any way, I do not recommend you listen to this episode at all. Um, feel free to go back to episode one or just wait a little bit and you'll get a fun episode for next week. What's up guys, I'm your host Delaire and this is This Will Do Podcast. Thank you for joining me again for another week of craziness, honestly. Um, This week we're going to talk about something a little more heavy. I want to talk to y'all about grief and what it really means. Um, It's something I've been avoiding for a long time. Really, I've been avoiding for the past year to the date. Um, it's really hard to talk about that type of thing and think about the reality of what comes along with that, right? But the first thing I want to tell you all about it is the worst thing, the very worst thing you can tell to someone who is grieving, the worst thing you can say to someone who is grieving is, wow. You're so strong. I don't think I could have done it. Newsflash. Most of the time, we're not strong. We just don't know how to react or don't know how to function. Or even worse, in the case of me, feel like you don't have the room in your life to be quote-unquote weak or, or really like, feel the feelings that you're feeling inside you know a lot comes along when when you lose a family member a lot that nobody prepares you for at all nobody tells you that the very next day no one gives you room to be sad or no one gives you room to let what happened settle No one tells you that you alone now have to figure out funeral arrangements. No one tells you what it's like to outlive a younger sibling. No one tells you that. No one explains to you that you're going to feel a sudden shift in the world that nobody else is going to feel. And honestly, nobody else is going to give a shit about. No one tells you that. No one sits you down and has a conversation with you like that. They just expect you to know and expect you to be able to handle it. When When in all reality, that is like the hardest thing I have ever experienced in my life. And I have been through a lot of things. And that was the hardest thing. And I think, like, the issue at hand isn't even just, like, oh, it's sad, you know. You know, it's sad your mom passed. It's sad your brother passed. That's not the issue. It is sad. And it's okay to be sad. But, like, the issue is all the other things that come along and tumble with that sadness, you know. Um, I'm going to take a moment... (laughs) 
as if I'm not already doing it, but I'm going to take a moment and be very, very vulnerable with you guys about a lot of things about me. Um, and I feel like it's a safe space. You guys have been here and you guys signed up for this, for this ride. So I'll, I'll be vulnerable with you for a moment. Um, the day I found out, this day, it is March 31st. This is the first time I'm recording on the day that a podcast is coming out. It is March 31st, 2022. I want to take y'all back for a moment to this time last year. It's right now 11 a.m. Um, This time last year, at this exact time, I was standing in my barracks room and my first sergeant and my commander were just standing in front of me alongside my platoon sergeant giving me condolences. Seven hours prior to that, I was walking outside of my job. I worked overnight. It was very chilly outside. I remember sitting in my car and being so cold. And I felt like something was off as I was walking to my car. I couldn't figure out what it is. I just figured, I just wrote it off to me being tired and drinking too much caffeine during my shift. Um, but something was off and I get to my car and my phone's like glitching out. It's like a bunch of notifications. My phone's glitching out. Um, and I get a call from my aunt and, uh, she doesn't say much. She just goes, come to my house. What are you doing? I'm like, I just got off of work. And she's like, you need to come to my house now. And I'm like, okay, you know, can it wait till the morning? Cause it's 3 a.m. and I'm tired. I just got off of work. She's like, no, I can't wait till the morning. Come to my house now. So I say, okay, I take a breath. I look at my phone and I have a bunch of notifications from a bunch of, you know, people, but they are two people missing from that long list of notifications. And I immediately knew what it was. And I remember calling my cousin and freaking out, having a full-blown panic attack about the possibility of me going to my aunt's house and she's telling me something happened to my mom and my brother. And my cousin, I remember she told me, I'm driving, mind you, I'm driving on the highway, hysterical. I can barely see, it's dark. I'm like tears in my eyes, I'm freaking out. And she says to me, she says, hey, Relax, it's not the case, you don't know what happened. Take a breath. Don't work yourself up before you need to. And I really wish that I was just working myself up before I needed to. But I was right on the money. I got to my aunt's house. And she had explained to me that... Something terrible had happened to my mom and my brother. 
and I didn't react. I didn't cry. I didn't scream. I didn't do anything. I just didn't react. I walked onto the balcony. She lived in an apartment. I walked onto her balcony. I called my cousin back. I told her that I was right and I cried for a moment and then I hung up the phone, wiped my face and went back inside and was ready to go home. And they told me I couldn't go home. They didn't want me to leave. Um, and they also told me that I had to be the one to tell my stepdad what happened. Um, which I think is a lot harder of a job than people think it is. Because being the one to break that news to somebody is not easy by any chance, any means necessary. You know what I mean? Um, and after that, it just kind of was a blur. I remember calling my sister and my sister coming for me and we left and that I had felt the most relief when, when we left. Um, I also remember calling a close friend of mine and uh, they let me, they let me cry myself to sleep and they sat there with me on the phone and I cried myself to sleep that night and I woke up to two people who barely knew me giving me their condolences and I've been numb ever since. So I let y'all in on that story, not for sympathy, not to be woe is me, not for you guys to be like, wow, that's so sad. It is sad, but that's not the point of that story. The point of that story is for you to understand where I am now, a year later. Um, my yaya has a saying she always says to me, and at first I'm like, I don't want to hear that I'm sad, but like, she's right. She always says to me, this too shall pass all the time. Like I'll be talking to her and vent to her about whatever I'm going through. And she'll be like, you know what? This too shall pass. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm still sad, you know? Um, but I really want to sit in that for a moment this too shall pass i think about the past year that i've had right and i tell my therapist all the time this is low-key no not low-key high-key been like the worst year of my life and if you follow me on social media you wouldn't know that but it's not for y'all you know i guess um but I I have been like internally suffering, right? And then covering it up with other things. I've been internally suffering this past year. Like for the first time 
last year was the first time that like I didn't get a call. My brother text used to text me at midnight every year on my birthday, and last year was the first time it didn't happen. And I didn't get a call in the morning from my mom. And at first, it's like it's not that big of a deal, but it kind of is. It kind of is. It makes it. It makes things set into reality, you know. Because at first, when everything was happened, it was like not much had actually changed in my day-to-day life. Um, because it's not like I was going to family dinners every Sunday or something like that. Um, my brother and I just talked sparsely every few weeks or so, just checking in, of course. And like, my mom and I really talked. So at first, nothing had really changed, but things started to start in that I realized I could not do anymore. It wasn't even an option. And that was a lot. It was a whole lot. It was a lot dealing with the aftermath of what happens when someone passes. The part they don't tell you about, the dealing with not even funeral. After the funeral, the funeral has passed. You have to sit through a funeral that makes you super uncomfortable. While some guy thinks it's fucking American Idol. And he wants to do fucking riffs at your mom's funeral. And not even good riffs. Bad riffs. At your mom's fucking funeral. And then you go to your brother's funeral. And you realize how much you took that relationship for granted. And how I didn't know my brother as an adult. My brother was 19 when he passed. I knew him as an annoying 12-year-old. And to hear everyone speak about him in a way that I never knew him really pulled on my heart. I feel like I always thought I had time, you know. When me and my brother used to fight, my stepdad used to always be like, you guys are going to be so close when you're older. And I thought I had time for that, you know? I thought that I was getting to the point where I'm older and he's getting older and we were gonna be so close, inseparable. And that time never came. They don't tell you about that emptiness of of what could have been, you know? Um, and they don't tell you that you're gonna have to deal with, congratulations, you now own a house and you don't know what to do with that. You don't have any history of that. You don't know anything about that. Obviously, your mom didn't put a plan in place because that's not something you think about in your early 40s. You don't think about something like that. You don't think about making a plan, you know? Um, But most importantly, I think the perspective that's put in for me was that I had to start living my life to the fullest. I had to stop being so afraid to do anything, which is how I ended up on a plane that summer to DR, which I had a great time, but I also burst into tears. <laughs> That's the funny thing about grieving, right? Like, your, your emotions have can never read the room, you know? especially if they're strong emotions like that, they can never read the fucking room. Like, 
I found myself this past year crying at the most inopportune times ever. I cried when I was on vacation. I cried when when I uh, was driving home from work in traffic. I was crying. I cried sitting alone by myself. I held in cries while I was out with people and I thought of my brother, I thought of my mom. Just a bunch of tears, a bunch of tears at inopportune times. All the time. And then you do things like avoid, you know, things that remind you of them, which I did for a great majority probably for like the first seven months after everything happened. I just kind of tried to avoid things that remind me of him. I wouldn't drive around my own freaking city. Like I would not drive around near anything that reminded me of them. I wouldn't drive near a mall. I wouldn't drive near where we used to live. I sure as hell would not go over to where my mom's house is now. I, I just couldn't do it. And it's like, I'm sitting here really restricting myself, not wanting to do things solely off of me remembering them, which was gross to me because I realized I was getting my wish. I was slowly forgetting things like what my mom's voice sounded like and, you know, things my brother used to say. I was just forgetting these things and that scared me more than the sadness I would feel not having them around so how do you deal with that right I didn't I just one day was like I needed to like get it together I just told myself like you gotta get your shit together bro like you have to be happy you cannot sit and let this grief and sadness and depression engulf you. You're not like, I felt like I wasn't allowed to let it engulf me. I wasn't allowed to not want to get out of bed, not want to shower or whatever. I felt like there was no room for that with me, which I guess had a lot more to do with me and a lot less to do with grief itself, you know? And then I would get all these, you're so strong. You're such a strong girl. Your mom would be proud, yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting thinking, and I'm being polite, you know, thanks, thanks. I'm just sitting here thinking like, I'm not though. I'm not strong. I'm not okay. I'm not keeping it together. I just feel like, I'm not allowed to be weak. I'm not allowed to be like, no, I don't want to get out of bed. I feel like I'm not allowed to be like, I'd rather, you know, just sit in my sadness. Even the day I took off of work and I planned to spend the whole day in bed, but that's not what I'm doing because I got things to do. Things to do, people to see and business to handle. And that's what I'm doing, handling business, I guess. Handling business and dealing with it the best way I know how.
So I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think I have really only been truly dealing with um, this whole situation recently. I want to say it's been a year, so the last six months. The first six months, I didn't want to deal with it at all. This last six months is when I've been, like, fully dealing with it um, in a healthy way, not just in a let me keep myself busy so I don't have to think about it way. I read this book um, by uh, Ty Alexander. It's called Things I Wish I Knew Before My Mom Died. Um, And that book really made me feel like I was not alone in the feelings I was feeling. Um, Specifically grieving my mom. Because I had kind of gotten to a point where I'm not okay with it, of course, but, like, I had settled into the reality that my brother passed, and I think it was easier to do that, um, because I speak about him like he's still here, you know, um, I knew him a little bit more in the, like, recent years, and also, like, his friends and, like, the people he hung out with made it very, very easy for me to keep my brother, like, his spirit well and alive. My mom and I, on the other hand, had more of a complicated relationship. Um, so it was very hard for me to settle in to the fact that, not even just that she, she's, she's passed, but that there's a lot of unfinished business between her you, her and I, you know? Um, settling into that is, I think, the, has been the hardest part. And reading that book made me feel like I was not alone in my feelings of sadness and, and anger and regret. I felt like I wasn't alone. And um, it was really, really helpful. <laughs> Probably more than, you know, the author intended it to be, but it was so helpful to me. Also, I've been in therapy proudly for the past year, and it's helped me unpack a lot of my feelings, um, not just with this grief, but also understanding my relationships in relation to this grief. Um, I've never wanted to be in a space where I was the sad girl, you know. I never wanted to be in a position where someone saw me and they're like, wow, do you know her tragic story? I don't want that. I never wanted that. That's not who we were. My mom, I've seen a lot in my life, and my mom has showed me that no matter what, you still get your shit done, you know. Because the world goes on no matter what. No matter what. I was actually talking with a friend recently, like in the past few days. And um, he said to me, he said, uh, 
something's very different about you because you had the most terrible thing that could happen to you happen and it didn't stop anything it didn't it didn't negatively affect you in a way that you just stopped doing life and i'm paraphrasing he kind of said a lot more but i'm paraphrasing and i think about that and i think it's solely because part of the reason is i don't want to fall into my grief being my own personality trait and the other part of it is the fact that no matter what we were going through my mom never stopped working my mom never stopped handling business you know and i and i feel like me doing that me still handling business me still working me still getting things done like i need to is me doing it in memory of her you know like this is something she would want me to do she wouldn't want me to sit and soak at all like at all she wouldn't even oh she would turn her fucking nose up at that shit um but i also think like Other people need me around, or I feel like other people need me. So if I just stop, that affects somebody else, you know? It really, really does. And like, I I don't think I could forgive myself if I sunk so deep into a depression that I let the people around me down you know I really don't think I could so that's why I feel like I have to be like this super strong super got it together girl in reality I don't have it together at all I mean I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna discredit myself and say not at all but like a lot of the times I just feel like I want to burst into tears and be held like a little baby. <laughs> but I feel like who doesn't feel like that from time to time, you know? Um, but like, being the strong person, you also don't want to, or being quote unquote, the strong person, the strong friend or whatever, you don't want to be like, oh, I need help. I need you, friend, person, family member. I need you to be here and just circle me with love. Encompass me with the warmth, you know. You don't want to say that all the time. You don't want to give that vulnerability to anybody. You don't want anybody to see that you're really just inside a sad little girl, you know? And I think that's what my problem has been personally. I have not been able to just tell anybody, hey, I just need a hug. Hey, I just want you near me. I need you to spend time with me. Hey, 
can I come over for dinner? Because I don't have the will to cook food for myself. I have not been able to just be honest and say that to somebody. And I think it's an issue. But for y'all, my listeners, now's the time that I need y'all to do that saying not as I do, okay? I need y'all to really sit back and if you need help and not just grieving but if you need help because your mental health is declining the world is like nuts right now okay so you could be grieving you could be grieving you know an actual loss you could be grieving a friendship you could be grieving anything please 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 reach out to someone reach out to your family member reach out to that cousin that's like your sister reach out to your friends, reach out to a mental health specialist. I don't want y'all to feel alone and feel like you have to deal with the world's problems by yourself because you don't, and it's not healthy. It's really not. And also, (laughs) your hair stops growing when you're stressed out, which I learned the hard way. When you're stressed and you have so much bottled up inside, your hair stops growing and your face breaks out. And it's not great. But also, like, we need y'all to be around as long as possible. So if you're struggling with anything, um, please feel free to reach out to somebody. Like, even if you just got to call a hotline, just reach out to someone. Let somebody know that you're not okay. And don't sit in shoulda, coulda, wouldas of life. Because if you do, that's how you're going to live the rest of your life. And I'm pretty sure your family member would not want you sitting and living your life, the rest of your life, in constant regret. Instead of living it to the fullest and doing things that they would have wanted you to do if they were here or they would have wanted to do with you if you were here. Do not just sit in this state of I wish I had or I shouldn't have or I should have just called or whatever it may be. Call. Make the call. I know it's like it's hard or whatever, but make the call. Call the person that you feel like you should have called. You know, say what you got to say. If you have things on your heart that you have to get off, say it. Don't just sit and regret. It's not worth it. I'm telling you from experience, it's not worth it. And tell the people around you that you love them. If you love them, tell them. Because sometimes that just might be what they need to hear. You know, if you can, go sit with a friend. You might not know what they're going through, but that just might make their day. Be there, be present with people, and say what's on your heart. Thank you guys for joining me for another week of my podcast. You guys are helping my dreams come true. Um, Please be sure to subscribe on everywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um... Write me on Apple Podcasts because that's how more people get to see my podcast. 
Um, follow me on Instagram. This will do pod on Instagram. You'll know when uh, episodes come out and all that. Make sure you uh, pee after sex. Make sure you get good sexy consent. You get vaccinated. And you're not an asshole to people. I love you guys. Bye.